We saw last week the command in chapter 5 that we are to be filled with God's Spirit. And so for the next several weeks, we'll look at the, the specific application that Paul makes, the specific commands that he gives us to be filled with the Spirit. We'll spend the next two weeks looking at the marriage relationship. This week, the specific instructions given to wives, and next week, to husbands. We are to become who we are in Christ. We are to be filled with the Spirit. We are to submit to one another. Listen to the Word of God, Ephesians chapter 5. I'll begin at verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Let's come to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for the, the clarity of your word, for the call that it places on us to follow after Christ, to be filled with his spirit. And so I pray today for those who, who have not submitted themselves to Jesus Christ, that they would do that in this worship service, having heard the story of the gospel proclaimed through our scripture readings, through, through our songs, through our prayers brought to you of confession, through the assurance that you are the God who forgives Lord, let us submit ourselves to Christ. And so for those who have not yet done that, I pray that they would find hope and joy and forgiveness in Jesus, our Savior. Lord, we pray that, that you would help each one of us to live according to the power of your gospel, to let the fruit of your Spirit be evident in our lives. Lord, let us walk in the light. We thank you that you've taken us from darkness. You've brought us into light, that you have transformed us. We were once dead in our transgressions and sins, but we have been made alive in Christ. And so, Lord, we come praying in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Culturally, we're facing a crisis. A crisis of harassment and abuse of women. An NPR story last month explored the, the sociological research on college campuses, the hookup culture on college campuses. That's, that's finding someone for, for so-called casual sexual relationships without any expectation of, of an emotional connection. The sociologists see the danger that it causes for students. Students are expected to be, be sexually available without any emotional or relational commitments. The researchers, even in their attempts to justify total sexual freedom, identify the dangers. A hookup culture is a culture that excuses behavior that leads to sexual assault. It's a dangerous culture, and it's not merely confined to the college campus. And instead of offering freedom, it leaves women trapped. The most, the most powerful moment in the news story is when one of the women explains how she feels trapped by the expectations that, that she offer herself sexually without expecting any meaningful relationship. So this is, these are the words of, of one of these college students. She says, I think girls know when they're being used. And I think it feels bad to be used. 
But I think the alternative is nobody wants to use you. And I think that's worse. I mean, even the interviewer is taken back by how horrible those alternatives are. Do you hear what she's saying? She feels trapped. Her only options are to be used. Or worse, to not have anybody want to use you. This is a heartbreaking distortion of relationships. And it's into this kind of cultural moment that the Apostle Paul's words offer such hope. What kind of relationship protects? Can a relationship really be filled with love and with respect? See, we might be, we might be tempted to think of the, the biblical standards, the biblical view of marriage as, as regressive, repressive of women even. But consider the beauty, the beauty of, of what, what God has shown us in the marriage relationship. One man and one woman committed in a lifelong one flesh union where the husband sacrificially loves his wife and the wife respects her husband. A relationship in which sexuality finds its, its true joy and freedom and expression. A place where you are wanted and loved without being used. That's God's plan for relationships. And it's just as culturally shattering today as it would have been to the church in Ephesus in the first century. And, and here, the Apostle Paul is, is setting this in the, in the context of, of the submission that we are meant to have toward one another for Christ, the, the submission that each one of us is to have toward those that have been placed in positions of authority over us. Look, that's, that's what he's saying in verse 21. Look again with me. The context that, that Paul sets for these, the, the, the discussion of, of wives and husbands, of children and parents, of slaves and masters, which we'll see in the, in the coming weeks, he, he starts with this command, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, Theologians will, will tell us, uh, Greek scholars will tell us that the tense of the verb here is, is an unusual one. It means not that you are, you are, you're merely in a position where there's no other option available to you, but that submission is an active, free choice. It's a voluntary submission. It's to choose to recognize the authority that has been under which you have been placed. And that's, that's really what the, the word literally means. The word submit here means you are one under authority. You've been placed under the care of another, and so we do it out of reverence for Christ. And all of this, remember, remember all of these, all of these commands, which we'll see in these next several weeks, this command of submission really is flowing out of verse 18, which we looked at last week, that command to be filled with the Spirit. That's the, the active command, but remember, it's a, an active command to be passive, to let God have absolute authority in our lives. And so each of the, the, the verbs, each of the commands which, which follows is really an instance of what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? We saw last week, it means in verse 19 that they were speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're singing, verse 21, we're giving thanks, verse, verse 20, giving thanks in verse 21 now. We're submitting to one another. 
And so all of this is in the context of what does it mean to live as a Christian, to follow after Christ, to be filled with the Spirit, to give Jesus Christ absolute control and authority in your life. Submission to one another out of reverence for Christ. And yet, as soon as we hear the S word, we're taking it back. Submit. You want me to submit? I mean, listen to the command of verse 22. Wives, submit to your husbands. This is that moment where, where people in, in, a, in, a, in a wedding service begin to clear their throats. People even might chuckle at this. Submit. That's the kind of expectation I have for my dog. Not for me. But it's important that we, that, we, that we understand. I mean, we, we see it here in the context. We're submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, and so wives, submit to your husbands. But, but it's important for us to see what this is not, what submission is not. This is not the degradation of women. This is not a, a, a sense in which, well, women are inferior. And that's actually what was taught in the Greco-Roman world. Women were, were essentially the, the property of their husbands. He could... He could take her life without fear of, of any, any incrimination or resource. She was there as his property for his pleasure. Now, it's true, the philosophers would have said that, that she's more than a slave. But as one philosopher said, she's more than a slave, but she's less than a man. And so we might think that Paul's language here is just a reflection of, of his cultural moment, but, but do you see, do you see the, the difference? Paul, Paul is, is giving an, a command to women to voluntarily submit. To women who are, he, he expects, the only way you do this is if you are filled with God's Spirit. That you're a one in whom the image of God rests, one in whom the Spirit of God fills, one who has submitted yourself to the authority of God. And so there is value, dignity, and worth for every woman in the church. And notice that this is not, this submission is not a submission of women to men. What is the command? Wives, submit to your husbands. Now, it's there in the plural, but, but if he's speaking to any one wife, she's the wife of but one man, and so it's wife, submit to who? Your husband. Not women, submit to men. There, there is not a, a, a hierarchy here of, of value, as if men are more valuable than women. No. It's a, it's a hierarchy rooted in creation which, which shows us the love of God displayed in families. Wife, submit to your husband. But it's also important for us to say that, that this command of the apostle, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, is not an excuse for abuse. And these are words which have been wrongly used in the history of the church wrongly used within marriages, for men to demean their wives. That is sin, and the Apostle Paul will not stand for it. God will not stand for it. For she is one filled by God's Spirit, loved by God, and this is no excuse for abuse. For what is the command given to the husband? To love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Christ takes nothing and gives everything. That's the context of submission. 
Now, a skeptical woman is invited to church. Actually, Liz had been resisting this invitation to to join her friends in worship for months. Liz was an on-air personality for a, a radio station. And she lived a life filled with drugs, sex, and rock and roll. She, she, she is, was profane, angry, ridiculing of Christians, burned by men, burned by the church, so profane that Howard Stern, who worked at the same radio station that she did at one point, actually came to her and said, Liz, you need to clean up your act. But this couple was persistent in inviting Liz to church. So she finally decides to go, if, if, if to do nothing but get them off her back. And so the morning's text is Ephesians 5, 22. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Now she's seething. And she's, she's, she's still listening, but only now for, for the ammunition she can have for her, her radio show on Monday. She's going to let the Christians have it because this is ridiculous. And, and, she, and she's done with, with the politeness of sitting quietly here. And so she just begins to, to speak to the, the couple that had brought her to church. And she's telling them this. This is offensive. This is unacceptable. I, I can't tolerate it. But, but she admits. She admits right there in the pew while the sermon is still going on. She admits, I'd gladly give myself to any man if he would die for me. But that's exactly the point, isn't it? The friends who invited her leaned over and and whispered to her, Liz, there is a man who died for you. His name is Jesus. I mean, don't don't you see what the, the gospel hope that we have? Even here in this passage of verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submission isn't because the other person there has has earned, you know, I'll respect him when he earns my respect. Right? That might be what we're thinking, but but no, what is what is what does the apostle say? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ because Christ deserves our respect. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. As to the Lord, you're submitting yourself to Christ himself. Christ is the example. Christ is the servant. Christ is the one who has loved us. And so we can freely, willingly, joyfully submit ourselves in marriage because Christ is the one who has loved us. Now Liz will tell you the rest of her story of finding the love of a Savior who gave himself for her. And you can find her books now in the Christian bookstore to read her story of how God captured this profane woman with the beauty of a Savior who gave himself for her. And so wives, submit, yourself, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And that, that command not only gives us the gospel context, but it also, it also means that, that this isn't a, 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 a servile obedience where you just blindly follow wherever he leads. No, you are obeying him as if you are obeying the Lord. And so if the command is, is something that's degrading, if the command is something that is, the, if the expectation is something that is sinful, then, then the response is, no, I cannot follow you there. I follow you as I follow Christ. But the command is broad. Verse 24 says, As the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. It's a commitment to give yourself in the service of another. 
for the good of another in, in every way because of the response of what, to what Jesus Christ has done for you. Because what does verse 23 tell us? It sets the, 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 the analogy. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. So the, the home, the family becomes a, a little church, an example of what God's pattern of, of love and sacrifice looks like. But, but look at the description of Jesus. Again, in verse 23, Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. See, here is the grace that you and I need, the grace of the gospel, that Jesus is the Savior who gave himself for us. That's the context of love and of hope. And so, wives, you submit as the church is called to submit to Christ. Now, that doesn't mean always biting your tongue. That doesn't mean passively just letting every decision be, be forced upon you. No, you submit to Christ as the church, you submit to your husband as the church submits to Christ. And what is the church meant to do? I mean, look, look, look at the immediate context of verses 19 and 20. The church is meant to, with loud voice, be speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, be rejoicing in the hope of the gospel. And so this isn't a call to, to passiveness. This is a call to, to an active participation in the good of the family, in the good of your marriage, lovingly, joyfully serving the other. It's the, the full expression of your gifts. That's what ex what's expected. You are meant to be filled with the Spirit. And so just as the church is meant to show the full expression of worship to God, then in your submission to your husband, you're showing the full expression of your gifts and your calling. It's not a degradation. It's a, it's a call for you to submit in service to your spouse. Submission becomes the joyful fulfillment of your responsibility, of the gifts God has given you. It, verse, verse 31, and we'll read this uh, again next week. Is the, is the quote from the beginning of Scripture from Genesis chapter 2, from the first marriage. Here in our chapter, Ephesians 5, verse 31, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. One flesh. See, it's not a submission for his good alone. It's a submission for our good, for the good of the, the marriage, it's the joy of, of, of creating opportunities for your, your husband to serve you. And, and verse 33 gives a, 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 a capstone to this section on husbands and wives, and so it's a, it's a summary statement in verse 33. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. This context of love and respect means that, that as a wife, you have the joy of creating a context in which your husband can flourish, can display the, the image of God, can, 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 can let the Spirit of God fill him so that he can sacrificially serve. Now, Kathy Keller is a, a seminary-trained theologian. Her husband was the pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in, in New York. But she explains her disappointment as a seminarian with this kind of teaching. See, she'd grown up in a church where, where this kind of teaching was relegated to the historical dustbin. It may have been true once for the Ephesians, but, but we all know this kind of nonsense isn't true today. But then she began to study the context of Scripture to, to take the Scriptures seriously. 
Now, it's clear in this passage that the husband gets to, gets to play the, the part of Jesus. I mean, verse 25 is explicit, and we'll, we'll spend more time on this next week. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. The husband gets to, to play the role of Christ in the marriage, and, and Kathy was disappointed because what is, who is the wife? In verse 24, verses 23 and 24, she's, she's just the church. I mean, this is that combo Halloween costume where she's just the plus one. He's clearly the star of the show. But, but Kathy recognized that Paul's overall context, that submission, submission is the Christ role. Just as sacrificial love is the role of Jesus, our Savior, so too is submission. It's the role of Jesus, the Savior. And, and Paul makes this explicit. We, we see it in 1 Corinthians 15, among other places. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 28, this great chapter on the, on the hope of the resurrection, on the ascension of Jesus Christ to be the king over all, this is, what, this is the argument Paul makes. That when God has put everything under Christ, everything is now under Christ. What does Christ do? This is 1 Corinthians 15, 28. Then the Son himself will be made subject to God who put everything under him so that God may be all in all. Jesus, the Son of God, submits himself to the Father. See, submission is not a degradation. Submission is, a, is an active choice to lovingly respect the relationship in which you're in. And so Kathy Keller realizes that, yes, husbands are called to play the part of Jesus Christ in sacrificial love, but so too are wives, to play the part of Jesus Christ in loving, respectful submission. Husbands imitate Christ in his sacrificial love. Wives imitate Christ in his willing submission. Our gospel hope for those of us who are married or have been married, or will be married, or, or even those of us who may never marry. Our gospel hope is found in Christ, in his sacrifice, in his willing submission to the will of God. I mean, think of the gospel hope that you and I have, that Jesus Christ, the one under whom everything has been placed, he willingly took the role of a servant putting himself in our place, taking our sins upon himself. You and I find our hope, our joy in the power of the gospel that Jesus, the Son of God, gave himself for us. See, submission is not a, it's not a concept you and, I, you and I should fear, as if, it, as if it were degrading to us. Now, each one of us is called to submit to submit ourselves to the authority of Christ by letting the Spirit have control of our life, to submit ourselves to the, to the authorities that God has placed over us in the family and in the church because Jesus himself lovingly, willingly, joyfully submits. And so then you, do you see that, that submission becomes, becomes a, a gift, an act of, of sacrifice and service for the good of the other? Wives, you have the privilege of submitting so that your husband can fulfill the role God gave to him. You have the privilege of respecting him, not merely because he has earned that respect, because he never can. 
Don't you see? To, to say, I'll respect him when he deserves it means he'll, he'll never live up to it. He never can. He'll never fully, completely, sacrificially love you every moment of every day. But there is one who has. Jesus, the Savior, who gave himself for you. You submit to your husband as to the Lord. Because the Lord deserves that respect. And so you respect your husband. You joyfully serve and care for him. Treat him with respect so that he can have the confidence to take the mantle of, of servant leadership in your family. Submission becomes the joyful use of our gifts for the good of another. The willing sacrifice each one of us is called to make for the good of the church. Wives, submit just as the church submits. Submission becomes the God-given gift to create the beauty, the joy of a loving, protective marriage relationship. And don't you see how this kind of relationship is really what each one of us is desperate for? A relationship in which we are loved and protected, in which we are cared for and not used. And even that longing for those of you that, that aren't married or, or, or are no longer married, even that longing for that relationship, again, we'll see next week, is, is a picture of an even greater relationship. We've seen it this week already. It's a picture of the relationship Christ has with his church. That longing, that desperation for, for that love and protection is found for you today in Christ. In Christ, the one who gave himself for you. See, when we see the love of our Savior, then we realize the joy of our roles in marriage. We love because he loves us. A few years ago, Green Shoe Studios hosted a singer-songwriter competition. Musicians would post an original song to YouTube to be considered for, for, for a recording contract, to be given the opportunity to come and, and, and make their song a reality. One submission didn't follow any of the guidelines. It wasn't posted online. It came in a large manila envelope. It wasn't even a song yet. It was just some scribbled lyrics. Lyrics from Fred, a 96-year-old widower. It was clear from his letter that his wife had just died a month before. His letter was so tender that it captured the, the studio's attention. He wrote, she gave me 75 years of her life, the prettiest girl I ever saw. Now he heard about the songwriting contest by reading a newspaper article, but he didn't know anything about the YouTubes, so he just mailed it in. And he wrote, right there on the envelope, P.S., I don't sing. I would scare people. <laughs> now, the song didn't fit any of the guidelines for the contest, but the studio decides they want to bring it to life. They'll provide the music, the recording time, a, a professional vocalist to bring this story of love to life. And so when they, when they call and talk to Fred on the phone, he, he says, well, that, that just sounds wonderful, but I don't have any way I could pay for all of that. I say, oh, no, Fred, I, I don't think you, you understand. We're going to do all of this just because your story is, 
is so great. I mean, your letter is so tender. Your, your lyrics are so beautiful. And we just want other people to hear it. And so they, they bring him in to hear a, a demo of the, the, the first recording of the song. He puts on his headphones and he says, it's, it was a wonderful 75 years. And I really, really miss her. And then he hears his song. And he says, it's wonderful. It's a song of love for his sweet Lorraine. Oh, church, do you hear the love song that is sung for you? Oh, sweet church, there is a Savior who gave himself for you, who loved you enough to, to put himself on the cross, to willingly submit to the plan of the Father, to give his life for you. And so our call to submit is really the response of love. It's the only meaningful, reasonable response. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. As to the Lord, the Lord who gave himself for you, the Lord who loves you. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, we... We hear the commands of your word and our hearts, our stubborn hearts resist. We resist this call to submit. We resist the, the call to, to allow the spirit to have control of our lives. And so, Lord, I, I ask that you would let us see the hope of the gospel, the joy of the grace that has been given to us, the sacrifice of love that is shown in our Savior. Lord, we pray for those, even those sitting here, whose lives have been harmed by broken relationships, have been harmed by the selfish anger of a man who has abused them. Lord, we pray that you would, you would allow them to find healing and wholeness in the gospel. And Lord, we pray for the marriages that, that are represented in this room. Lord, that you would allow us as husbands to fulfill the, the commands to love as Christ loved us that you would strengthen and enable wives to joyfully, to willingly submit to the leadership that you have placed in our lives. Father, let our motive be the hope of the gospel, the power of your love, the grace that is displayed in our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Savior who gave himself for us, and so we pray in his name. Amen.